Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for the brothers and sisters worldwide. Today's lesson will be called The Cost of Discipleship, brothers and sisters. The Cost of Discipleship. Many initially are willing to follow the Most High, but fail to count the cost upon realizing the great sacrifices necessary to follow Him. Many are unwilling to pay that price, brothers and sisters. We must count the cost and be willing to pay the price in service to the Most High. We must educate ourselves on the battle we have been called into, brothers and sisters. So we're going to deal with it today. We're going to deal with some precepts. Uh, We're going to start in the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're going to Luke chapter 14. We're going to read 25 through 35. The cost of discipleship. Luke 14 and 25. And there went great multitudes with him. This is Christ. And he turned and said unto them. Now, a lot of people measure success by numbers, brothers and sisters. But Christ was different. Large crowds did not fool him. He knew that many were following him for selfish or superficial reasons. Some people just wanted to be able to say, oh, yeah, Christ, I was hanging out with him last week. Yeah, I was with him. Yeah, because it was a status thing, brothers and sisters. So Christ understood that everybody that came around was not there for the work. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 24 or 25, excuse me. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yeah, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. See, so Christ was not a false recruiter, brothers and sisters. He wanted to weed out those who followed him for superficial reasons because when the battle heats up he knew that they would fall away and damage his purpose damage his cause brothers and sisters so he turned to the great multitude and laid out these demands for discipleship if you want to be a disciple what's a disciple what's a disciple is a student of a teacher brothers and sisters that's what that is a follower or a student of a teacher is what a disciple is in order to be a disciple these are the requirements can you read that again brother verse 26 If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yeah, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Right. So, brothers and sisters, is he saying that you must dislike or despise your family? No, that's not what he's saying. He puts it in these terms for shock value, brothers and sisters, to get us to stop and think about the stringent demand that he's making. We know that to... Love the Most High is to keep His commandments. So to hate Him is to break His commandments. What He's saying is, when you come into the truth and you want to become a disciple, if your family is not in agreement with what Christ wants you to do, then you have to reject that and follow Christ. That's what it means. That means if they want you to do evil and do wrong, and you know it's wrong and it's evil, that you have to follow Christ and not whoever, you know, in your family. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yeah, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Right, brothers and sisters. So he means that our allegiance and love for him must be so great that by comparison, our love for our families, even our own life, would look like uh, hatred, brothers and sisters. So he's not saying to dislike or despise your family. What he's saying is when there comes a a fork in the road where they're going to not agree with what you're doing or want you to turn away from what you're doing for the Most High, that you have to follow Christ instead, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please, brother. 
Luke 14 and 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yeah, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Right. So if you're not willing to lose these things to follow the Most High, you're not worth the Most High's time, brothers and sisters. He knows that there will be a battle and it will be intense. And he doesn't want to recruit anybody under a false pretense. So he laid out these demands. If you want to be a disciple, understand that these things may come into question. You have to be okay with that, brothers and sisters. Verse 27. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. See, so if you don't bear your cross, which take, means take up the burden that it is to be different, to be ridiculed, to be talked about, to be attacked, to be enticed, to be tempted, if you're not willing to carry that burden, then read that one more time, brother. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, this is the cost of being a disciple, the, the, the cost of discipleship, because most people say, okay, yeah, I, you know, I'm baptized. I, I want to follow Christ, but don't understand what it takes from you, brothers and sisters. So we want to go into the things that you can expect if you're looking to be a follower of Christ. Verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower, sit it not down first and count it the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. See, so now he's going into two parables, brothers and sisters, that make the same overall point that a person must carefully consider the cost before he rationally jumps into something. It's like trying to build an architect. I mean, being an architect and trying to build a bridge and then not calculating how much the cost is actually going to cost for you to finish it. So you start, but then you can't finish because you didn't properly plan, plan out, uh, you know, uh, your moves, your purpose. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower? Sit it not down first and count it the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. See, so that's the same thing. A lot of us say, yeah, I, you know, I want to follow Christ. I want to be a disciple. I want to be an apostle. And you'll start and it will become a phase to some people. And that's why a lot of times your family, your friends, your loved ones, those closest to you don't react as quick as you bring it to them. Because they've seen you go through a bunch of different phases that fizzed out in three months, brothers and sisters. And then you will be mocked because I thought you said you were a man of God. I thought you said you were a woman of God. And six months later, you're back to doing what you were, you were doing previously. Re read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 29. Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with the twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. Right, so it's like a king trying to go to war, not even... <laughs> Having an understanding that he, how many soldiers he's going to have to actually fight the war. So he gets into a war not even knowing that he will be able to complete the war. Verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill. 
but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Right. So, brothers and sisters, these two parables both refer to a careful, detailed, rational thinking in which you consider all aspects of what you're getting yourself into before you make the commitment, brothers and sisters, because it's a commitment that has to be made. You can either do it or not do it, brothers and sisters. And you must understand the cost of this life that you have now uh, taken, this road, this path that is now being traveled, brothers and sisters. Such careful thinking is opposed to impulsive decisions made in a moment of intense emotion, you know, uh, without much thought for the consequences. So Christ wants us to weigh Weigh what the cost is to see if you're willing to pay the price, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Because when you get in the truth, it's not just, you know, happy and, and, and joyful. There's, you know, there's work to be done. There's responsibility. There's accountability, brothers and sisters. And you become the enemy sometimes. Matthew 8 and 18. Now when Christ saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. So a scribe comes to Christ wanting to be a disciple, brothers and sisters. He elocuted that he was willing to follow Christ anyway. And that seems like a commendable offer, right? But what does he know what it means to want to follow Christ? Because a scribe, brothers and sisters... Is a person who whose duty, his responsibility is to write down the history in Israel. So he wanted to see certain things. He may have just been saying this because he wanted to get a good juicy story. He was a he was what you would call a columnist or a journalist, brothers and sisters. So he wrote down the things that happened in our history for our you know for uh, future times. So read that one more time, brother, please, uh, from verse eighteen, Matthew eight and eighteen. Now when Christ saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. But did he know what it meant? Verse 20. And Christ said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Right, so Christ told, when Christ told him... Uh, foxes have holes in comparison to him a wandering teacher he was homeless christ had no place to call home brothers and sisters so you have to be able you must be willing to give up your home brothers and sisters to follow christ in that time would have meant leaving everything put walking away from it including your home as the rest of his disciples did brothers and sisters they followed christ around they left their home brothers and sisters so you have to be willing to leave your home if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to do this work, because you have to go wherever the spirit leads you. You can't say, well, yeah, I'm going to just do the work in um, Seattle, Washington. And, you know, I can't do nothing anywhere else. You have to go to Seattle, Washington. You have to go to California. You have to go to Brazil. You have to go to Vietnam. You have to go wherever the spirit leads you, brothers and sisters. So you must be willing to give up your home or have no home. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 20. And Christ said unto him. The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. See, so Christ was in fact telling the scribe that he needed to count the cost before becoming a disciple. Because you need to know what it costs, you need to know what it takes, brothers and sisters. And a lot of us just get excited and we just want to, you know, do whatever we see being done. You know, that 
that first stimuli, that stimulant that you get when you first come into the truth, you're baptized, you realize who you are, you know who the Most High is. But understand, this is a marathon, it's not a race, brothers and sisters, and it's not going to be easy, and you have to be prepared. It's a beautiful thing when preparation meets opportunity. You must prepare, so when the opportunity comes, you're well equipped, brothers and sisters. We're going to uh, go to the next scripture, brother. Verse 20, Verse 21, And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. See, so one disciple said, listen, I want to follow you, but I must first, I need to go bury my father. So this man was seeking something he had no intention of following through with until a later time, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 21. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Christ said unto him, follow me. And let the dead bury the dead. See? So, brothers and sisters, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead, brothers and sisters. That's what he's saying. Christ calls us now, not later. This man can be described as a reluctant disciple who needed to be reminded of the cost, uh, you know, to make a real commitment to be a disciple of Christ, brothers and sisters. He said, read, read 22 again, brother. Verse 22. But Christ said unto him, follow me. And let the dead bury the dead. See, so let the dead bury the dead. Christ is telling us the importance of discipleship and that our, you know, and our growth in him. Let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead, brothers and sisters. If Christ called you, you can't go back. You can't, you have to go now. He called you now. If he wanted you next year, then, you know, he would have called you next year. Because in a burial, you would have uh, a burial. Uh, put in the ground, and then he would be taken up a year later and moved to a family ground. So this wasn't a a one-day thing. This thing was going to take up to a year, brothers and sisters. You were buried, and then months later, they would dig you up and put you in your family's, you know, in your family's lot. So this wasn't something where, oh, I just want to go bury him right now for 30 minutes, and I'm going to come back. So if you are willing to or want to be a disciple, you have to do it now. You can't wait till tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, his point is to us that our time on earth, you know, obeying him is short, brothers and sisters. So it demands our full attention and our full commitment, brothers and sisters. Uh, I was on 23. 23. Okay, I want to I wanna just hit it from the top one more time to get that whole, that whole thing. Let's just start at verse 18 to 23 again, brother, please. Matthew 8, verse 18. Now when Christ saw great multitudes about him... He gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Christ said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Christ said unto him, Follow me. And let the dead bury the dead. Brothers and sisters, we must consider the cost before we commit. Otherwise, we will not remain, brothers and sisters, and we'll become a bigger hindrance than if we never bothered following it at all, brothers and sisters. Even family duties take second to Christ. That's what this is showing, brothers and sisters. Well, I need to go do what my dad, he said he needed me to do this over here. Well, my mom said she needed me to do this. Now, if you're a... If you're a minor, you need to do what your parents told you, regardless of whether what you think. So we would never tell a minor to not follow their parents. But as you're an adult and you're on your own, 
there's certain things that is going to be a line in the sand for you. Your family may not understand your newfound awakening, that light that have now come on. And they may antagonize you and have, you know, want you to go against those things, brothers and sisters. And whatever they need you to do, whatever their plan is for your life is secondary to the most highs. You have to be willing to do that if you want to be a disciple. If you're not willing to do that, then go be with your family. Go do that instead of following Christ. But you can't put your family before Christ, brothers and sisters. If you do that, you're not deserving of Christ. So each and every one of us have to put our family and all other things, including ourselves, behind Christ. What Christ want come first. What the Most High want come first, brothers and sisters. Christ alone deserves our supreme devotion. Christ alone, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 4 and 17 because this is the cost of discipleship. This is the cost, brothers and sisters. Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Christ began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Christ, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. So he saw the disciples and he told them, cast your nets down, follow. Read it again, brother, actually. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Right. So see, now a choice has to be made, brothers and sisters. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So you know what happened, right? Now they have to go home and explain to their families that money, uh, that money going to slow up. I'm going to be following him. Who is he? <laughs> See, so right away, there's a choice that's going to have to be made, brothers and sisters. There's a choice that had to be made. They had to go home and explain to their families why that money is not coming in the way it was previously. Well, I had, I was trying to build this garden in the back, but I was trying to, you know, build this new, uh, you know, this new balcony on the house. See, so you have to be willing. You have to be willing to go against what your family say for the sake of Christ. If it's right. If you're doing what Christ say, not what you want to do. If you're doing what Christ say and somebody is not in agreement with that, when I guess they're going to have to not be in agreement with that. Because you're in no position to follow somebody over Christ, brothers and sisters, including me. A lot of criticism comes with choices like that, brothers and sisters. Risk assessment. Anybody who's ever worked in business know that, you know, most... Uh, when you're starting a business, there's risk, brothers and sisters. But this, there was no risk in this, brothers and sisters. This was 100% proof. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I will make you successful. But what? A lot of people were afraid of what their family may say. Who are you following? following? Who is this? You following? You giving up our livelihood for following this? See? That's why he said, be willing to give these things up. Didn't he say, be willing? Right? He said uh, uh, the foxhole, right? The, the foxhole. He said that a teacher have no home. He just told them to leave their home. See, so you have to be willing to put it down and walk away, brothers and sisters. Starting, you know, with the people who have something to lose. Those are really the people that's really going to be hard to get because they have a lot of, they've accumulated a lot of uh, possessions. And they don't want to give those things up, brothers and sisters. Um, read verse 20, brother. <clears throat> verse 20. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. See, and they right away, they didn't say, okay, well, you know what? I got to get some things right with my business. Let me just get my business right for a month. Then I'm going to meet you back at Sea of Galilee. I'll meet you there. 
right? No. Put it down now and follow me. And if you're not going to do that, then that's okay because Christ have 144,000 out there who are going to do it, regardless of how you feel. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. And there's no hard feelings towards you. You sit on the sidelines and let your brothers and sisters who are willing to war and strap up their boots do it for you. That's fine, too, because everybody's not willing to do it. Everybody's not strong enough to be ridiculed, to be talked about, to be made fun of, to be, you know, to be left out, brothers and sisters. Everybody is not strong enough to stand that, stand that, brothers and sisters. Some people feel like they're being left out. They don't like that people don't talk to them about certain things or invite them certain places. You have to drop everything, brothers and sisters, right now. If you hear the call, remember he said, if you have an ear to hear, listen. So if you're actually understanding what's being said, the choice is on you to act now, brothers and sisters. Because if you're going to act next week, we don't need you. We don't don't need you next week. We need you now. Our people need it now, brothers and sisters. Drop your nets and follow Christ. We're going to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. The cost of discipleship, brothers and sisters. What is it going to cost? Matthew 6. And 19, lay not, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. See, because physical things can be stolen. Gold, jewelry, these things rust. Why? Why? What does this mean? He just told some men that had a lucrative business with a boat. If you had a boat back then, that was like having your own private jet, brothers and sisters. You were somebody. You was doing something right. Leave that and follow me, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And see, Satan know this, because the things that you love most. The things that you spend your time and money on, those are the things he affects when he's trying to get you. Because that's the thing you care about. Right? Same thing with the most high. You know, for the better of you. He know what to touch. He know exactly what to touch to get your attention, brothers and sisters. When you have everything, you realize that what you're looking for can't be obtained with worldly gain. It's hard, though. If you have everything, you're a celebrity. You have millions of dollars. You're not looking to change. You believe whatever you did got you rich. So you're not looking to grow spiritually. What? For what? I'm a millionaire. I'm good. Right? When you're in a lower state, you're asking the most high, how do I get out of this? What is wrong? And then you're looking to grow. But if you have all those things, it's a a false sense of security. You think you're good. I'm set for the rest of my life. I got $5 million in my bank. You're not set for the rest of your life. You're on the way to hell. But it's it's hard for them to grab that, brothers and sisters. So you have to be careful. Don't store up things in on earth, brothers and sisters. Store up treasures in heaven. Fruit to the most high. That's that's what we do, brothers and sisters. So we can get those crowns. We bring fruit, we get crowns, brothers and sisters. Not these jewels that, you know, this jewelry nowadays, as soon as you buy it, it, just, it loses half its value, brothers and sisters. Diamonds are worth as much as somebody will pay for them. They're not, <laughs> they're not valuable, brothers and sisters. They're worth as much as somebody will pay for them. Don't chase after those things, brothers and sisters. If you're going to be a disciple, you must be willing to go against your family. You must be willing to go against your friends, against your job, against all things for Christ, brothers and sisters. Because he had 12, 
that did it. And we have the truth preserved for us today. And we need to do that for brothers and sisters. We need to do that. Brother Corey, can you read Matthew 6, 19 through 21 again? Matthew 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Right, so the thing you spend your time on, your money on, that's where your heart is, brothers and sisters. Are you going to spend money on something that you don't really care about? Mm-hmm. Of course not. You work hard for your money. So wherever you're spending your money, wherever you're spending your time, that's what's important to you, brothers and sisters. Examine that. Everybody should examine that within themselves, brothers and sisters. What do you spend your time on? What, what do you do in your free time? What, what are you doing? Everything we should do, brothers and sisters, is meditating on the Most High, even if you're working, even if you're shopping. Just thinking about the Most High, thinking about His laws, thinking about how you can grow, think about how you can help your people. All of that, brothers and sisters. That's how we we use our time of leisure. The Bible tells you about time of leisure. Time of leisure, a wise man pray for and love leisure time. <coughs> You're using it correctly, brothers and sisters. We're moving forward. We're going to Luke chapter 18 and 15. Luke chapter 18, we're going to read 15 through 25, brother. Luke 18, verse 15. And they brought unto him also infants. This is Christ. That he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Christ called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. So they were trying to bring infants to the Most High, uh, excuse me, to Christ. And the disciples were saying, no, get these children, get these children out of here. And Christ scoffed at them. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Why is it saying that you must receive it as a little child, brothers and sisters? Because you have to relearn. You have to relearn, brothers and sisters. And a child don't question. You tell a child, you go to bed at 8 o'clock. They, they don't ask you why. They don't say, well, no, nah, I think, you know, I think I only need four hours of sleep, actually. <laughs> you tell them, uh, listen, we, we don't eat pork in this house. They don't say, well, I think it could. There's protein in pork. They don't do that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> they don't try to use scriptures to, to uh, say they can sin, brothers and sisters. They just do what they're told. And that's how we must come, brothers and sisters, in all humility, listening to our Father, whatever it is He commands us. Because just as when you were a child and your parents were telling you, I don't want you talking to strangers, you really didn't know why, but your parents understood why. Or you need to eat your vegetables. You didn't understand why, but they understood why. And you may not understand the things that are, you know, in the Bible, but hey, it's not really for you to understand all things. I spoke to a brother a few weeks ago. And we were talking about how pork was unlawful. And he said, hold on, I thought pork was good for you. Isn't it protein? Isn't it vitamins in there? I'm like, brother, don't you think that... I'm like, the the Most High, he created all animals, right, brother? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't you think that he may have the information to be able to tell you what's good to eat and what's not? Do you think he may be allowed to do that, brother? Well, yeah, I think, I think you may be right. Yeah, brother. The Most High knows what's healthy and what's not, brother. I'm not saying it may not taste good. But the fact of the matter is, he said no, and we have to do. We have to. We have to follow them, brothers and sisters. Uh, can you go to verse eighteen, brother? Verse eighteen, and a certain ruler asked them, saying, 
Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Read that again, brother. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Christ said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one. Right, and Christ said that because why? Because when people are giving you compliments, sometimes a level of pride rises up in you. And you think you're somebody, brothers and sisters. And Christ wanted to sh let it be known that, listen, I'm not the most high. Only the most high is good, brothers and sisters. Because why? This You use this scripture to show that Christ isn't the most high. Read that again, brother. And Christ said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one. That is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. So hold on. This is New Testament where Christ is saying follow the commandments. So how are Christians saying you don't have to follow the commandments? This is the New Testament coming right out of Christ's mouth saying to follow these commandments. Verse 20. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said... All these have I kept from my youth. Right, because the brother that was talking to him was an Israelite. So, of course, he followed the commandments coming up. We all followed the law of Moses, brothers and sisters. That wasn't even a question. Our people followed the law. Some of us followed it to a different degree. Some of us tried to uphold the starches, you know, and make our own laws. But one thing we agreed on was following the law, brothers and sisters. Verse 21, and he said, <clears throat> All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Christ heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, <coughs> and come follow me. Right, so brothers and sisters, we must be willing to give up everything for Christ, for the Most High. It's a question of dedication of the heart and the mind, and the body, brothers and sisters. Dedication, brothers and sisters. We must be willing to give everything up, brothers and sisters. Everything. Because why? This man followed the commandment, but there was one thing. There was one thing Christ knew that he was attached to his, his possessions. So he, he knows where your heart is, right? Didn't he just say? Where your heart is, where your treasure, where your treasure is, so is your heart. So he knew where his heart was. And these things would become an issue, brothers and sisters, in the future. Because he wouldn't be willing to leave it. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 21. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Christ heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. See, so give away everything that you have. Give away everything that you have and follow me. And, 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 and what happened? Verse 23, And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. For he was very rich. See, now is the Most High telling you to go give up everything you have today? I don't think the Most High is telling you that. But what he's saying is be willing to give it up. See, this was just a test. He was just trying to see if he would have did it. See, and he failed that test. Because he he became sorrowful, which showed psychologically he, he wouldn't give it up. It would be hard for him to give it up. And if you can't drop it like Peter did, if you can't drop it like the disciples did, then you're not, you're not in position to do this work. You're not in position to follow Christ, to be a disciple because you're not willing to give up worldly possessions, brothers and sisters. Verse 24. And when Christ saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, 
How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? See, he didn't say nobody with riches, but how hardly. It's hard for somebody rich because why? They believe they have everything. They believe they're secure. They believe they're secure. And that's that's even more dangerous, brothers and sisters, because you actually believe you're good when you're you're headed to hell. People who are in a lower state know something ain't right. So they're praying to the most high. They're trying to follow, do anything to get out of their circumstances. But what about these Satanists that have millions of dollars, hundred million dollars? Why would they change? Why? Why would they pray to the God? Their bills are paid. They have everything they need. Why? See? Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 24. And when Christ saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? See? So part of our faith is knowing that God knows what's best for us, brothers and sisters. If we believe that. We should be willing to act like it by following him instead of ourselves. Now, why is it saying it says that how hardly shall they have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Because why? Money buys pride, brothers and sisters. That's what it buys. It buys pride. You think you're somebody. You think you deserve something, right? Because why? Automatically with money comes stature and comes respect, brothers and sisters. So money buys pride. Once you obtain that spiritual currency, you tend to care less what people think. Think about it, brothers and sisters. You had $5 million in your bank account. Somebody said, I don't, I don't like your head. Matter of fact, I don't like your shoes. I don't like your face. Do you care? You're like, I'm rich. Get out of my face. Right? See, it buys pride, brothers and sisters. See? And that's what the Bible is talking about. We need the spiritual currency so we can have that pride in righteousness. So if somebody don't like you or don't like this, you don't really care because you're spiritually paid. Brothers and sisters, uh, read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 25. <clears throat> for it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, when you go into the cities in Jerusalem, brothers and sisters, there was like an arch, an arch, kind of like when you see a needle, the back end where you slide in the, the thread. There's one of those leading into the city and a camel. You would have to get off the camel, take all the. Stuff that it was uh, carrying with it and then lead it in. So what Christ is saying is you're not going to get in the kingdom with all your baggage. You want to have my kingdom and your kingdom too? You have to be free. You have to let it all go in order to get in. You have to remove everything that's weighing you down in order to get into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. When we need that spiritual currency, therefore we're not worried. The same way when you have millions of dollars and you don't care what people say about you, you're rich. You don't care. So when you get that spiritual currency, it's the same way, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to Ecclesiasticus, Sirach, in the Apographer. We're going to read chapter 2. We're going to read uh, 1 through 10. Ecclesiasticus 2, verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. Because isn't that what the question he asked? How do I get into the kingdom of heaven? This is the answer right here. Read it one more time, brother, please. Verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. See, prepare your soul. We will still feel temptation, brothers and sisters, and hardship. But when the glory of God is our focus, living for him becomes the source of joy. Uh, and it, we, would, we would relish, we would delight in doing Whatever makes the most high happy, whatever pleases the most high, we would start to like. It's just like when you get in a relationship, right? 
after a while in a relationship, you kind of conform to the person you're in a relationship with because why? You want to please that person. So even the things you don't want to do for your wife, you end up doing it, right? Even the things a woman don't really wouldn't do without this man, she'll do it because she just want to please that man. The same way we're Christ's bride. So we should form to him, brothers and sisters. After we understand how to please him, we start to change towards him. Verse 2. Set thy heart aright, and constantly endure, and make not haste in time of trouble. So you must constantly endure if you want to make it into the kingdom of, kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters. And you must not make, make haste in time of trouble, which means as soon as something negative happens, you run back to the world. You run back to the drug dealing. You run back to the stripping. You run back to the club. Because one thing went wrong. Verse 3. Cleave unto him, and depart not away. That thou mayest be increased at thy last end. Cleave unto the Most High. Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully. And be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. See, it says, be patient when thou. It doesn't say if. When. You will be changed to a lower state, brothers and sisters. And see, a lot of our people don't understand that. When they get the truth, they start losing stuff. They don't, they're like, hold on, this can't be the truth. Why am I losing everything? Because the Most High is humbling you. He's taking everything away from you that you got from the world, that you got from Satan. And he's going to give it back to you like he did Job tenfold, twentyfold, a hundredfold. But he has to give it to you. He has to give it to you, brothers and sisters. He's building your faith. He's building your humility. He's building your obedience, brothers and sisters. Read verse 4 one more time, brother. Verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully. And be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. See, be patient. When you start losing friends, you start lo- you're not invited to certain things anymore. Be patient, brothers and sisters. It was prophesied that this would happen. This is the cost of discipleship. You have to be willing and ready to lose it all. You have to be. Or you can't do this work. You can't, you can't, you can't follow Christ. Because to follow Christ, you have to drop your net and come. You have to, you have to drop everything. You have to be willing to give up everything, brothers and sisters. And I was just uh, talking to a young man and I was uh, telling him, you know, I think uh, one of the reasons why people walk over this particular young man is because he don't stand for anything. And when you don't stand for something, have a belief that you are willing to die for, people don't take you as seriously. You're not a man yet. You're still a boy. You just flip flop. You squirm. You're just a chameleon. A man stand for what he believe in. And he don't compromise that even if it doesn't benefit him. That's a man, brothers and sisters. And you have to be willing to do that, brothers and sisters. You have to be willing to take a stand and say, I'm not going to compromise this at all for any reason. And then the respect comes with that, brothers and sisters. Uh, Read verse 5, brother. Verse 5. For gold is tried in fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. See? So he's gold is tried in the fire. The impurities are burned out in the fire, brothers and sisters. And in the furnace of adversity are acceptable men. So that's where your infirmities are being burned off as you go through these trials and tribulations, brothers and sisters, and make you stronger. Verse 6, Believe in him, and he will help thee. Order thy way aright, and trust in him. Yet ye that fear the Lord, wait for his mercy, and go not aside, lest ye fall. Ye that fear the Lord, believe him, And your reward shall not fail. Has this reward ever failed? All of our forefathers, all the things he said he would give to them. Did he ever fail? Did any of his promises fail, brothers and sisters? Of course not. Verse 9. 
Ye that fear the Lord, hope for good and for everlasting joy and mercy. Look at the generations of old and see, did ever any trust in the Lord and was confounded? Or did any abide in his fear and was forsaken? Or whom did he ever despise that called upon him? See, so the Most High always keep his side of the bargain, brothers and sisters, and protect those who are doing his work, who are following him, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah 49 and 5. Isaiah 49, verse 5. And now, saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant. That did what? That formed me from the womb to be his servant. See, so if you're going to be an apostle, you're going to be a disciple, you have to understand that from the womb you were chosen. Those who hear the word was chosen before they was ever born, brothers and sisters. From the womb, the Most High chose you to hear it. And you have to act on it now, brothers and sisters. You were made for a purpose, brothers and sisters. A lot of brothers say, well, I don't really know what my purpose is in life. This is your purpose right here, brother. And as children of Israel, we have to give those brothers a purpose. Oh, sister is going to follow the man. So her purpose is to be a helpmate to her nation. But the men need a purpose, brothers and sisters. This is the purpose. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. And now, said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered... Yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Though Israel be not gathered, brothers and sisters. So Israel was not together, right? That's why you have to drop your nets, because how do they get together if you don't go to them and teach them, brothers and sisters? See? So even though Israel isn't gathered now, they will never be gathered if you don't put down your net and do the work. That's our position, brothers and sisters. Can you read verse 5 again, brother? Verse 5. <clears throat> and now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob again to him. See, we were formed to be a servant. That's why we were made, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel were made to serve a specific purpose. And that's the trick. No matter how much things you obtain, the possessions, it will never fulfill you. Because the trick is, there's only one thing that fulfills man. And that's pleasing his God. That's the only thing. And they'll never tell you that. Because you'll, you'll get money, you'll get new cars, new clothes, new shoes, and you're still empty. Because it's only one thing that can unlock that code, brothers and sisters, and that's serving your God. We're going to show you. Read that one more time, brother. Five and six, please. Verse five. And now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said... It is a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. To do what? Raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. See, we were formed from the womb, brothers and sisters, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, the children of Israel, to go to our people, tell them the truth, and tell them what their position is in the kingdom, to be a light to the world, brothers and sisters, to be the illuminate ones, to be the enlightened ones, brothers and sisters. That's our whole purpose. That is your purpose as a as an Israelite, brothers and sisters. And if you're a Gentile and you want to follow Christ, that's your purpose to wake these people up. The Most High said, you bless Israel, you shall be blessed, brothers and sisters. So we were formed for the womb for this purpose, for this purpose, brothers and sisters. Read uh, verse six one more time, please, brother. Verse six. And he said, 
It is a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. Read that again. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation until the end of the earth. See, so our purpose is to go to the children of Israel first. And once you get Israel together, go to the Gentiles and share with the Gentiles. So I don't understand how people are saying Gentiles can't make it when the Bible, the Tanakh clearly states that he will give us as a light to the Gentiles. That's that's your purpose, brothers and sisters. I spoke to a brother that, uh, this week, actually, and he was telling me he was able to share some truth with some people he didn't know and how glorious it made him feel, brothers and sisters. His spirits were lifted. He was having a bad day, but he was able to share some of the truth with some people, brothers and sisters, and it just made him feel giddy inside. Because why? Because that's your purpose. That is your purpose, brothers and sisters, is to bring people close to the Most High. The cost of discipleship is this. We must each give up our old selves in order to embrace and become the person that the Most High created us to be, brothers and sisters. That's the cost of discipleship. You must be willing to give it all up, brothers and sisters, for this purpose, to raise up the children of Israel. Read uh, Matthew 28 and 19, brother, to show you, to buffer that point of purpose. What is our purpose? Matthew 28 Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Right. See, so that's how we're, we're supposed to go to all nations and teach them baptizing brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even until the end of the world. See, teaching them to, ob to observe all things, brothers and sisters. We are to teach them to observe all things, brothers and sisters. That's our whole purpose. That's our whole purpose, brothers and sisters, is to go to the children of Israel, not just the children of Israel, but to the Gentiles also, and do what? Teach them the truth, brothers and sisters, to make disciples, brothers and sisters. All right, brothers and sisters, we're going to read that scripture one more time because we were called to be disciples and make disciples, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Right. That's your that's your position is to teach the children of Israel and the Gentiles to follow the most high. That's what they should learn from you. They shouldn't learn how to be rapping about drugs and how to, you know, be twerking. Our sisters are teaching other nations how to twerk. That is not your that's not your purpose. Your purpose is not to teach white people how to twerk. <laughs> Brothers, that's not your purpose to teach white people how to sell drugs and this lingo and the slingo. That's not our purpose, brothers and sisters. Our purpose is to give them the light. We're going to 1 John 3 and 13. 1 John in the back, brothers and sisters. First John 3 and 13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Read 13 one more time, brother. Verse 13. Marvel not, my brethren, 
if the world hates you. See, so marvel not, brothers and sisters. Like Christ, we must willing to we must be willing to tell people that there's a cost to following the Savior, brothers and sisters. We do not help a non-believer if we imply that following Christ can be folded into the fabric of their lives without the world hating us. The world will hate you if you follow Christ, brothers and sisters. We must give that to those who want to follow Christ to understand that everybody's not going to be peachy keen. Everybody's not going to be smiling and want to hear this information from you. Because by you telling them what they should do, then you're saying that what they're already doing is wrong. And that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem, brothers and sisters. So we must educate our people on what they're getting into when they come into this life. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. Verse 13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Right. Marvel not if the world hates you, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, so seek the kingdom first, brothers and sisters. That must be your main focus, brothers and sisters. Seeking first his kingdom means committing yourself to whatever God wants you to do with your life, brothers and sisters. Even in the face of ridicule, what we must do is give him a blank check and tell him to write whatever he want on it and we will cash it. We will, we will do whatever he writes on that blank check. Give the Most High a blank check and tell him to fill it out on what he need from you. And you give it to him, brothers and sisters. Seek the kingdom first and you will get all the things your heart desire, brothers and sisters. You will get those things. Read 33 again, please, brother. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first. <clears throat> well, nah, my, my car payment. Seek ye the kingdom first, brothers and sisters. Well, nah, I need my schooling. I need to, my schooling. I got to seek the kingdom. Well, no, my, my husband, my wife, but I, I need seek the kingdom first. And you will get the things that your heart desire, brothers and sisters. Go to Psalms 37, brother, verse 4, please. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, read that one more time, brother. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Remember, brothers and sisters, if you delight yourself in the Most High, he will give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes he grants your desires. At other times, he changes your desires to match his desires. But you can trust the loving of the Most High will do what's best, you know, for all of our lives, brothers and sisters. So sometimes you don't get what you want. Sometimes he changed your heart to actually want something else. So now the things that were fun in, in the world aren't fun. Now you want to do the right thing. Now you want to do certain things. That's how he changed your heart. If you delight in his word. Don't look at his word as a burden, brothers and sisters. Look at it as an opportunity to change. An opportunity to shine. An opportunity to be a light, brothers and sisters. Delight in his word. Now, how do we delight in this word? What would make me want to delight in this word? Romans 6 and 23. This is what would make you want to delight in his word, brothers and sisters. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. See, so this should make you want to delight, brothers and sisters. The wages of sin is death. 
That means if you continue to sin, you will die. That's why when you eat pork, you have high blood pressure, right? When you eat these things that the Most High says is unclean, they make you sick. It shorten your life, right? See, these things will cause you to die. These It will speed up the process, brothers and sisters, the wages of sin. This is what would have you delight in the word. You like life, right? If you like life, then you must follow the scriptures. Because you will live a lot longer and be healthier if you follow the scriptures. You might get away with sin every now, you know. You may think you're getting away with it, but really you're not. Every time you sin, you take, you're stepping closer to the edge. And you don't even know it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. And how do you get that? Galatians 3 and 27, brother. Galatians 3 and 27. For as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. See, that's how, brothers and sisters, that's what make you want to what? Withstain from the wages of sin that lead to death. That would have you delight in his judgment, delight in his commandments, delight in his word, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, so if you want to receive the atonement of Christ's blood, if you want to be covered, what? We must become Christ. And that begins what? Through baptism, brothers and sisters. That's when you begin your apostleship. That's when you begin your discipleship. Today's lesson is the cost for discipleship, brothers and sisters. The things that you must put on the line. The things that may be jeopardized for you coming to your newfound awakening. For you being, quote unquote, woke, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ezekiel 36 and 25. We must educate people on what they're getting, the battle that they're coming into, brothers and sisters, before they get themselves involved on building a bridge without the funds to complete it. Ezekiel 36 and 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Read that again. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Baptism cleanses you, brothers and sisters. Baptism will have your mind changed to where you want to delight in the Most High and following Him and learning new things and reading new things that have to do with the Most High. It starts with baptism, with physical water, brothers and sisters. Read that again, please, brother. Verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Before we knew Christ, we could do nothing but sin, brothers and sisters. We had no choice in the matter. That's all we knew how to do. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. See, this is why you would delight in his word. Because he would give you a new heart, brothers and sisters, after you came out of that water. In times past, our motivation was to what? Please ourselves. The Even the benevolent acts we performed had a selfish root. We did good things to feel better about ourselves, to assuage guilt, or to enhance our reputation amongst others. It was, it was something selfish. Within the things we were doing, brothers and sisters, even in the good things. But at baptism, the Holy Spirit moves into your spirit. 
right? And she breaks that power that sin held over our lives <clears throat> and frees us to obey the Most High. So now we're motivated by love rather than guilt, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 26. And a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. See, so if you want to be an apostle, you must go through the water, number one. And then receive the Holy Spirit, because you can't receive it without it, brothers and sisters. You must receive the Holy Spirit. That will change your thought process. That will change your heart. That will change your mind. That will change your perception, brothers and sisters. And you know, perception is reality. It doesn't matter what the truth is to somebody if their perception is warped. Because they're going to believe what their perception is leading them to do. So, baptism. Sprinkled clean, brothers and sisters. From all of our filthiness. Turn over a new leaf. Be ready to give up all things, brothers and sisters, for the kingdom. We're going to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. A new person. Ezekiel 3 and 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and, and go. Speak unto the house of Israel. Eat this roll. The roll is the scriptures, brothers and sisters. Eat these scriptures. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. See, so eat this word, delight in this word, it's sweet, it's honey, brothers and sisters. When you found out who you were, that was sweet to you. When you found out Christ was a man of color, that was sweet to you. When you found out Deuteronomy 28, that was sweet to you. When you found out Revelations 2 and 9, that was sweet to you, brothers and sisters. You started to delight in reading the word now. You started delighting in sharing the word. You must delight in it. Once you come out of the water, this is what you do. You eat that roll. You taste the sweetness of that roll, brothers and sisters. Can you read verse 4? Verse 4. And he said unto me, Son of man, go. Get thee into the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. See, we were formed to speak these words, brothers and sisters. That word is sweet to the children of Israel. We're going to Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah 15 and 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Read that again, brother. Thy words were found. And I did eat them. See, having an appetite for God's word is a sign, is a true sign that a person is born again, brothers and sisters. The Bible is food for the soul, brothers and sisters. When people are sick, right, their appetites change. In fact, they lose their appetites completely. Likewise, sin in our lives robs our spiritual appetite. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me. The joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name. O Lord God of hosts. See? So we eat this word. It is sweet. We rejoice in our heart, brothers and sisters. So we must turn away from sin. Because why? Sin takes away your spiritual appetite. And we lose desire for the word. May we always have an 
appetite for the sweetness of the word of God, brothers and sisters. May we always have an appetite for that sweetness. We're going to Psalms 119 and 103. Psalms 119 verse 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yeah, sweeter than honey to my mouth. See, so brothers and sisters, we must delight in this word. It's sweet. It's like honey to your lips, brothers and sisters. The more we read the words and promises that fill our hungry hearts and provide healing antidotes to our wounded souls, the word will become understood. The more you read it, the more you'll understand, brothers and sisters. The more you read this, you understand the enthusiasm that the psalmist had when writing this, brothers and sisters. Sweetness. The word is sweet. But what happens after that? Revelations. Chapter 10, verse 10. Because you have to know that this happens also. Of course, it's sweet when you get it. But this is the cost of discipleship. This is what happens after that. After you sat with it and digested it. Revelation 10 and 10. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Read that again. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. See, so brothers and sisters, prophetic truth is generally sweet and attractive to those whose interest is, you know, just being awakened by it. But once digested, it leads to self-judgment and to separation from evil. And this will always be bitter, brothers and sisters. That will always be bitter. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. See, so this is the cost, brothers and sisters. Even though it's bitter, you must eat it. Even though it's bitter, brothers and sisters, once it becomes bitter, you still must promote this. You must advertise this, brothers and sisters, no matter what it tastes like. This is the cost of a disciple. Brothers and sisters, go to Isaiah 59 because this is what you must go and prophesy. And that this that we're getting ready to read is what makes it bitter. Brothers and sisters, Isaiah 59, 1 through 15. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. See, this is the bitterness. This is what's bitter when you have to go prophesy this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear you. For your hands are defiled with blood. And your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. See, this is bitter. When you have to go tell people this, when you have to go correct people and reprove them, this is bitter, brothers and sisters. Verse 4. None called for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch co cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth. 
and that which is crushed, but break it out into a viper. See, so this is why you must be willing to lose everything and everybody. Because when you deliver this message, it's bitter, brothers and sisters. Verse 6. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their path. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. There's no righteous judgment. People just do whatever they want to do. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscur obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. See, so when you gotta tell people that they're walking in darkness, that's bitter. Because why? They're gonna most are gonna come against you, brothers and sisters, and now you become the enemy. Now they don't call you no more. Now I don't even know if I like them like that. Because usually what? You hang around people you're most alike. Then your parents always tell you that, right? If you're hanging out with gangsters, that's probably because you're a gangster. Of course, your mom would always deny that and think that somebody's being a bad influence on you. When really, you're the bad influence, right? So when you bring this information, brothers and sisters, it's shocking. And you're going to make many enemies. The world will hate you, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 10. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. See, we're spiritually blind. We can't see. We're just stumbling, falling over, going backwards, down the steps, looking for the door handle. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. You're just fumbling and bumbling through life. Because why? You have no light, brothers and sisters. You have no truth, brothers and sisters. And this is what we must go to our people and tell them. And now you see why Christ was persecuted. Because imagine taking this to your people. Our people are very sensitive and they get offended easily. Continue, brother. Verse 11. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. And our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. And transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and the judgment is turned away backwards. See, so we're going backwards, brothers and sisters. And justice standeth afar off, for truth is falling in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yeah, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Read that again, brother. Yeah, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil makes himself a prey. He who depart from evil make himself a prey, brothers and sisters. So once you pull out of that matrix and realize what you were doing was wrong, now there's though that you have people hunting for you now. Now you're prey. Now somebody's looking to take you down. So understand that this is the cost of being a disciple, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Corey. Verse 15. Yeah, truth faileth, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him. 
that there was no judgment. See, so understand that when you depart from evil, you make yourself a prey to all demonic spirits and the devil, brothers and sisters. Now he's going to pay close attention to you, close attention now, because you're doing something else and you're going to try to share it with people. So I need to shut you up before you share. You make yourself a prey, brothers and sisters. Now, when you was a fornicator, a thief, all your friends, they were just giggling, laugh. You got five girlfriends. They just laughing and giggling with you like, yeah, man, you going to the game? Like, brother, you got five girlfriends, brother. Get away from me right now, brother. You a cheater right now, brother. Sister, what are you wearing right now? I can't go out with you like that, sister. Right? Now, you're the enemy. You're the enemy. Well, yeah, he just don't want me to have fun. He, he said I can't eat pork. I can't even, you know, I can't do nothing around him. I can't listen to that certain kind of music. You're a prey now. Everybody's talking about you. Everybody is noticing the change in you. And they're against you, brothers and sisters. Satan is bringing those that not follow him against you. You are prey, brothers and sisters. Go to John, brother. Chapter 6, verse 66. We're going to the gospel, brothers and sisters. John 6, verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Read that again, brother. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with them. See, so some of the disciples actually turned around, brothers and sisters, because they didn't have the understanding of the cost of discipleship. So some of them were excited to run. But once they got enmissed and realized the cost was too steep of a payment for them, they turned back. See? So we have to put this out there, brothers and sisters. When Christ was on the earth, the crowd, the crowds loved his philanthropy and his miracles. But when he began to talk about the vigorous things of the gospel, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. We just read Isaiah 59. When he started to talk about those things, when he started to talk about a change, when he started to talk about correction, a lot of disciples turned away, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. See, we're going to show you why they they turned back, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 9. Now, if we're going too fast, brothers and sisters, pause the video. Get your pen, your pad, and go back to it. Isaiah 30 and 9, that this is a rebellious people. Lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. See, so don't tell us what's right. We don't want to hear that. Tell me I can eat whatever I want. Tell me Christ's blood covers my fornication. I don't want to hear. I have to change. Christ said repent. That means change. That means change. Christ, he preached change, brothers and sisters. Read that again, please, brother. Verse 10. Which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things. Do what? Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceit. See, so speak to us smooth things. That's what's going on in the church, brothers and sisters. These pastors are oil, you know, slick as, slick as oil, brothers and sisters. Just teaching the things that make you happy. None of the things that condemn you and say, I may need to change, just actually sow a seed. Just sow a seed if you want some money. The only problem with that is the seeds that were being sown in the Bible was the word. It had nothing to do with money. But they'll make it seem as if he's telling you to sow money. No, sow a seed is teaching the word, brothers and sisters. 
They so many people wanted to hear smooth things and they felt condemned. They felt convicted. And that's why people are not calling you no more. That's why people don't want to hang out with you no more. Because by you not eating certain things and celebrating certain things, it actually put a spotlight on them. And they don't really want to deal with that right now. They don't really want you to be showing them up like that, brothers and sisters. Which is not that you're trying to do that. You're just, you know, you're just following the most high. And when that happens, people get offended. Because if you're doing something else and you're following God, then what am I doing? See, that's really what it's about. If you're doing what's right, then that means I'm wrong. And that's what the problem is, brothers and sisters. If you're doing what you're doing and it's right, then it means you're saying that they're wrong. And that's an issue, brothers and sisters. See, so this is why the disciples walked away. Because they didn't know the cost of discipleship. And we don't want anybody who comes to the truth and is being led through some of the instruction instilled by our church through the Spirit of the Most High to get caught up and get blinded by the light. You're supposed to use the light to guide you, not to be blinded by the light, brothers and sisters. And a lot of times, you'll get young people, and they'll get in the truth. I've seen it many times, young brothers, come in the truth. They start learning all this stuff. And then they, they go out of the Bible, then they start learning about metaphysicism and all this other stuff. Now they just want to ga- gather all this knowledge. Brother, you woke up in a dream. You woke up and went back to sleep, brother. That's what you did. The Bible tell you about that, brothers and sisters. There will be some that this is too much for them. From the onset, they're stimulated. They see something they like that they aspire to be. And, you know, they they, act, they aspire to do that. But once they see how much they have to give up, the parties, the friends, the drinking, the drugs, the fornication, all those things have to be given up, brothers and sisters. You have to be willing to go against your family righteously. Honor your family, but you're not going to sin for your family. Abraham's father was an idolater, brothers and sisters. And he didn't follow his father. He followed Shem. So if your father or mother wants you to be a pagan, you don't follow that, brothers and sisters. You must be willing. Many, many people started off as men of God, but wasn't willing to. To pay the piper, to pay the price, to give him a blank check, brothers and sisters. We're going to Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. We're almost done here. Galatians 1 and 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. See, so are you trying to gain the approval of a man or of the most high? Are you trying to prove? Are you trying to please people or are you trying to please the most high? Because you can't do both. You got to do one or the other. This is the question you must ask yourself. You must be willing to stand alone, even if others don't view your decision making uh, quite. Even if they're not particularly fond of your decision making. You must be able to stand alone. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. See? So we're not going to celebrate your holidays because I'll fit in. I'm not going to eat your foods because you'll fit, you know. For any reason. We don't want to fit in. We're not following what... Your, your traditions say we're not going to follow what you say we're going to follow what Christ says brothers and sisters matter of fact go to verse 11 brother verse 11 but I certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man see so this gospel is not man you're following Christ 
That's who you're following. You're not following man, brothers and sisters. If you can read it in scripture and identify and understand it, that's not a man. That's Christ and the men who he have established, brothers and sisters. So, brothers and sisters, you must identify in the Bible the thing, the cost of the discipleship. You must. You must know the payment before. Before. You ever went shopping, right? And then had too many items up on the... Right? You get up in line and you're like $40 short. You're like, oh man. I put this back. Now you're embarrassed, right? That's the same way you'll be embarrassed if you jump into this without that oil. Remember? The versions with the oil? You must be prepared to go the full route, brothers and sisters. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. Pace yourself. Pace yourself, brothers and sisters. We're going to 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. We got about four more scriptures after that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise. See, so the desire to be acceptable by the world is the greatest source of compromise for those who are looking to follow Christ, brothers and sisters. We don't want to suffer or ridicule. Uh, we don't want to suffer ridicule or face persecution of any kind, brothers and sisters. People want to follow Christ and expect not to, fit, you know, expect not to be ridiculed and attacked. It's more pleasant to gauge ourselves by those around us than the Word of God. That's how most people are looking at it. I need to look at what everybody else is doing, and if they're doing it, then that means it's right. If everybody's doing it, that means it's right. So you're looking at other people and saying because they're doing certain things that you're going to do it because you want to fit in. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves are compare and comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise. See, so you don't compare yourself to others. Well, they're doing it. Well, they're celebrating it, and they seem like they got everything. They eat pork, and it seems like they got money. Why is that? That's the wrong way. No, measure yourself with them, brothers and sisters. They're not on your measure. They're they're metric. <laughs> they're in a whole different. It's not you. You can't measure to people who are sinners, brothers and sisters. You can't. Are you trying to please man, or are you trying to please the Most High? You have to be willing to please the Most High, even when it's inconvenient for you. That's what a man is. A man have a foundation that he don't compromise, even if it doesn't benefit him. That's when I know that's a man. Because see, boys and kids, they just squirm around. And whatever benefits them is what they're going to follow. They have no foundation. That's a child. A woman, a man have a foundation that they're not going to deviate from, brothers and sisters. At all. We're going to James chapter 4, verse 4, New Testament. The cost of discipleship, brothers and sisters. James 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Why do we go here? Because anyone who chooses to be a friend with the world becomes an enemy of God. Are you trying to please man or are you trying to please the Most High? Read that again, brother. Verse 4. Ye adulterers and, adul and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. See, so when we adopt false ideas of salvation, you know, 
when we think that our path will make life easier, you're in for a rude awakening. You're in for a shock, brothers and sisters. Those who have come to Christ for the goodies he offers and turn away will soon turn away when they realize the work, the cost. Because some people just think it's all, right? It's all flowers and, and, and chocolate when you come here. There's no temptation. You'll be blessed. You'll be rich just because you're following Christ when that's not the case. You must endure to the end, brothers and sisters. You must build your rock upon Christ, brothers and sisters. Those who come to Christ for the good for the goodies will be soon turned turned away once they realize that accepting Him means you have a new boss. You don't do what you want to do. You do what He tells you to do. And see, when once they realize that, a lot of them turn away. We're going to James. Uh, excuse me, John chapter fifteen. <clears throat> We're going to read verse 18 and 19. John 15, verse 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. See, so brothers and sisters, when people are talking about you, talking about your work, going against you, ridiculing you, understand you're doing something right. If nobody was talking about you, then there would be something wrong. If everybody liked you, there's a problem. Because if everybody liked you, that means you don't. That means you just you just go with the wind. You just agree with any. You just let anybody do anything. Those are the people that everybody like. Yeah, I do anything when I'm around him. I don't really, you know. We smoke. We we you know we snort lines. We you know mm-hmm. go to strip clubs. See, everybody loved that guy. <laughs> Because there's no standard. You just do whatever you want. Yeah, every time I go here, we do. We go to the club. Yeah, we drink Hennessy, black, and uh, yeah. See, see, see. When you don't have no standards, you don't have no foundation. When you don't correct your brothers and sisters, everybody loves being around you. I do whatever I want with him. Yeah. See, it's not supposed to be like that, brothers and sisters. You will receive hate. That's because that light that's emanating out of your spirit. Can you read that from the top, brother? <clears throat> Verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. This is the cost of discipleship, brothers and sisters. Verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. See? So, brothers and sisters, you must be able to withstand hatred. You must not be sensitive. You have to you must you must grow thick skin when things don't bother you, brothers and sisters, because there's a tremendous amount of hate that will be aimed in your direction. They are gonna look to excoriate you, brothers and sisters. They're gonna look to discourage you, brothers and sisters. And you must be willing to take it on the chin. Strap up your boots and get ready. It's a battle. You must be willing to stand in all face of adversity, brothers and sisters. That's the cost. Are you willing to pay it? We're going to James chapter 1 and then we'll end it on 2 Timothy 3. We're going to read James chapter 1. We're going to read verse 2 through 4. James 1 and 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Read that again, brethren. My brethren, 
Count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. Notice James did not use the word if. He said when you fall into diverse temptations, consider it joy when we're tried, brothers and sisters. Disciples or discipleship of Christ will cost you trials, brothers and sisters. We need to bring that up because you need to know what you're getting yourself into, brothers and sisters. Read that again, please, brother. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Right, so brothers and sisters, there will be times in each disciple's life that will require patience and endurance, brothers and sisters. The promise is that if we endure these trials, the Most High will have his work in us, and we will lack nothing, including the crown of life, brothers and sisters. He's working patience. Notice he said, not if. You fall into diverse temptations, but when? So it will happen. You must be willing to be attacked. You must get your defense up, brothers and sisters. You must learn how to protect yourself spiritually. You must know how to feed yourself spiritually through the word. Eat it up. Eat this roll up. This is the cost of discipleship, and many aren't willing to pay the price, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 2 Timothy. Well, actually, let's jump to verse 12 through 15. James 1 and 12. Blessed is the man that endured temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. See, so the temptation comes from the things that your heart really want, brothers and sisters. Right. So you have to stay away from those things that you used to succumb to in your previous life, brothers and sisters. Don't look at it. Don't listen to it. Don't even go there. Don't go against it, brothers. I mean, don't go with it just so you can fight. Right. So you like, okay, yeah, I'm going to look at it, but I'm not going to lust, though. Why even fight that battle? Why even go there? I'm going to go to the club, but I'm not going to be a fornicator. I'm not going to drink, though. Everybody else drinking. I'm not going to go, though. You're going to be taken in your own lust, brothers and sisters. Understand what your triggers are and shun it. Stay away from it completely. Don't even open the door, brothers and sisters, because why? Satan is very tricky. He's crafty. So he will find a way to get in. If you give him a way in, he will find a way in, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 3 and 12, and we're going to close it out here, brothers and sisters. This was the cost of discipleship, brothers and sisters. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Yeah, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. Yeah, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. See? So scripture also teaches that discipleship will cost you persecution, brothers and sisters. You will be mistreated for who you are and what you stand for. You must be willing. You must understand. That is the cost, brothers and sisters. Now, if you're somebody who needs to be liked by everybody, this is not for you. This is not for you, brothers and sisters. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. That's okay. But understand, the cost of discipleship is you must be willing to be persecuted for Christ. You must be willing to leave everything you have. You must be willing to leave your home. You must be willing to go against your family for the truth 
of Christ, for the truth of the Most High, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was the cost of discipleship, and we hope that brothers and sisters get a um, a, a visual uh, on what it what the sacrifices are in order to be in the truth, in order to do the work, to be a follower of Christ. It's not a game. It's not a joke, brothers and sisters. If you're willing to do this, you shall make it into the kingdom of heaven. You shall gain your crown, brothers and sisters. But everybody is not willing to give up these things. So people ask, well, you know, you know, so-and-so is a good person. Uh, you think they're going to make it into heaven? I don't think they're going to make it into heaven. If they're not following what the Most High said, because we had to pay to get into heaven. We paid a price. We paid a price to be his disciples. Why should somebody who's not willing to pay that price get the same reward? They're not, brothers and sisters. And that's the fact of the matter of it. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.